The Saskatchewan Healthcare Coalition is hosting the All for Public Healthcare Rally in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, May 4th. It's free and you're invited. This rally is happening because our public healthcare system does not have the support it needs to meet the diverse needs of all Saskatchewan residents. For years, it has been underfunded, ignored, and hindered. So join Donna and I in person on May 4th in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan for a walk, speeches, networking, and community building. Link for more information is in the show notes. Hope to see you there. It's the most broken, traumatic, gross system that I've ever been through. On May 19th, 2023, Chantel's grandchildren were apprehended by the Ministry of Social Services and placed in her care. It was the hardest thing I ever did. Mm -hmm. These two children I never gave birth to, who I've built a relationship with, who come on the weekends. They've done a hostile takeover on my home! As a retired gangster with now five years sober, she had no idea how to care for children in a good way. I raised my kids in a negative lifestyle where I didn't give a fuck and I was too high to care. She joined me in studio for a raw recount of her experiences and how she built a support network around her to help her navigate the systems and help her family do the same. So I had to learn how to speak their language. I had to learn how to advocate for them. I had to learn about, you know, low spectrum autism and how to get diagnosis and ADHD and what kind of supports do they need. What's up, everybody? My name's Dan, and this is Hard Knocks Talks, your addictions podcast. What's up, Chantel? Just hanging out with you. With all the screens and the anxieties? There's no anxiety today, actually. The screens still freak me out. The cameras still freak me out. Yes, it's always watching. There's actually three of them on you right now. Oh, maybe it's a meth thing. <laughs> maybe it's a prison thing. <laughs> maybe it's a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stop! Yeah. Um... Going into this conversation, is there anything you'd like to say before we jump in? I don't think so. Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody that's tuning in, thanks for taking the time out. Uh, yeah, it might sound like I'm on booger sugar, but I got a cold. So, mm -hmm. yeah, here we are. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Let's go. This is Hard Knocks Talks. All right, if you are struggling with the substance use of a loved one or have tragically lost a loved one to drug-related harms, reach out to Stronger Together Canada, peer-led support groups by Mums Stop the Harm. If you are in search of private inpatient addictions treatment, check out Prairie Sky Recovery Center located in Libsig, Saskatchewan. If you are looking for help with criminal record suspensions, the Elizabeth Fry Society of Saskatchewan covers all associated costs for women or gender-diverse individuals to apply for criminal record suspensions. Reach out to Chelsea at 306-668-0653. To make contact or to learn more about today's sponsors, check out our new merch, or if you want to show us some love and buy us a coffee, all of those links are in the show notes or description below. Tell us a little bit about what happened. Um, I was in a meeting at work, and I got a phone call from the ministry, and they told me that two of my babies had been apprehended. I won't use their names. Mm -hmm. uh, if you know my story, you know who they are. Uh, just out of respect for people, though. And the reason they had found me, the ministry found me, is because my older two, they had talked to their mom. And they're like, is, can, you take, can you take them? And she said, well, why don't you phone their grandma? And they're like, well, we didn't even know she existed. And I was like, oh, solid. <laughs> solid. Yeah. Because, because they had read my file. Mm -hmm. And they thought that I was still in prison and they thought I was still selling drugs. And these are things that they told me. And they thought I was still doing all of this stuff on the street. And I was like, no. I was like, people change. So 
I was on the phone. I was at I was at work, and they're like, "Can you take these kids?" And because I'm so used to people telling me what to do my whole life and how to live my life, I t I had to say, "Hang on," and put the phone down. And I had to look to everybody else for the answers. And I was like, "Can I do this?" And everybody's like, "Yeah, you can do it. You can do it." Mm -hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it." And then I hung up the phone, and I remember it being May long weekend. So they phoned on a Thursday. Told me they've been apprehended and they're in a group home. So when you say they and you say your babies, are you talking grandchildren? Grandchildren, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Call them my babies. Um, and I was like, what do you mean they're in a group home? I didn't even know like group home for tiny kids existed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so you're telling me they're in residential school 2023. Like what goes on in this group home? Mm -hmm. and, and so a lot of my trauma started to become triggered. Uh, because of my own story and my own past and, and what I had been through. Mm -hmm. So I remember playing this waiting game because it was a long weekend and no workers were contacting me. Imagine that. Workers not answering the phone mm -hmm. or responding to emails. Mm -hmm. So finally on the Tuesday after the long weekend, they said, um, yeah, you can come for a visit. It was a huge ordeal. Um, traumatic event happened. Me going back to Regina alone to visit. Uh, in a building where I used to work out of, which was the Ministry of Social Services. And and your history is and, in And Regina. my history is in Regina. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, guys, I'm taking off tomorrow. And everybody at work was like, you're not going alone. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can do this alone. And Russ is like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to drive with you. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go through all of these emotions and this fear and everything and drive with you and he just laughed and he's like okay what time are we leaving and he picked me up and we drove and and russ is your russ is my russ is my boss <laughs> i make memes of russ i pick on russ um he's one of my biggest supporters yeah. uh at straight up too and and by the way, anyone that knows you knows that your love language is like making fun of people. Making fun of that's, people. That's what you do. If I'm not making fun of you, I, I probably don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we drove there and man, just walking back into that building was huge for me. I, w I went into the wrong door because I didn't know they changed the whole ministry around. But the last time I was ever in that building is when I had my oldest granddaughter removed from my care and I was visiting her and I was higher than a kite. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff came back to me and all of these triggers and all of these memories and these sites, like they still have the same couches that they did 15 years ago in the visiting rooms. And uh, I saw that they were okay. So I was okay. And, and they were happy. So drove home 45 minutes after getting back home, the ministry phoned and they're like, you've been approved as a safe uh, place of safety. When can you come get the kids? Or or like, how do we arrange this? Mm -hmm. Because I feel, not gonna lie, not I feel, I did, I worked harder than the ministry did yeah. on this. Yeah, I worked very, very hard and I did more work than they did to fight for what those kids needed. And I remember when they came to do a home check, keep in mind I have two uh, superheroes, I won't name them, um, who work for the ministry behind scenes telling me what to do. How to prepare. How to prepare. What to say. What to say. Harm reduction. 
And yes, exactly. So the yep. first thing I was told, she's like, man, hide those bodies in your house. Put them under the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows you well enough to crack a joke. Right? I was yeah. like, okay, bro. Okay, bro. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Done, done. And I was like, is my honesty going to be a negative for me? Yeah. And she said, say it anyway. And so I did. I shared my story in this meeting with these workers who were completely going through my house and my life and my partner's life and, and wanting criminal record checks. And I'm like, here, man, <laughs> like yeah. I have them. And they're like, you know, and, and you have to write down all your charges and you have to write down all of this stuff. And when they come to see you, they come based on what they've read about your past life. On what you've written down and showed them? From 15 years ago. Okay. When when I had a file with them, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what they come in with. And I was like, people can change. Yeah. I was like, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you that if you don't provide me with the services for these children that have been given to myself, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And the worker looked at me and she said, what are you talking about? I was like, what do you mean? What am I talking about? I was like, look at the trauma that comes with these kids. Look at why they were apprehended in the first place six years ago. Look at what they've been through. They've been picked up, displaced, picked up, displaced. I was like, they need healing. They need elders. They need ceremony. They need counseling. They need somebody to work with them. They need action therapy. And she looked at me and she's like, how do you know all of this? And I was like, how do you not? Yeah. How do you not? That's a way better question. Right? Mm -hmm. So I got the kids back into my care, May 25th, um, his birthday. And I remember on Easter. His birthday. Who's he? One of the two that was apprehended. Okay. Right? This He was six at the time. And I remember the Easter, because uh, we always drove and got hotel rooms and took them water sliding or brought them for the weekends. Uh-huh. And the ministry had no idea of any of this, that I've been a part of their life throughout my prison sentences uh, upon release and that I've reconnected with them mm -hmm. since I got out. And they're like, you have bedrooms for them? I was like, yeah. You have everything they need? I was like, why wouldn't I? They're like, we didn't know any of this. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's not for lack of trying because I've tried to contact you. And you didn't respond, right? So you have all of these workers now in your life. And you read these papers with these numbers and these files and these words attached to these tiny humans' names. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading it. Name, age, 10-digit number, MSS, child protection, I was like, this is where it starts. And I was triggered because I'm used to reading my full name with 444603F mm -hmm. and then and then a report, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The way that they treat you or they ignore you or or they put you off. But the one thing that I've learned in life is how to advocate yeah. and how to advocate loud yeah. when needed. Yeah. But in this situation, I started loud and I had to learn to do it quietly behind the scenes. And Mom Stop the Harm helped me with that. Because I didn't go into this alone. I had so many supports, but I had to do it silently. Yeah. And then if anybody follows me, you, there would be a post like, fuck MSS or, you know? Yeah. 
for reasons that I couldn't talk about. And sometimes I feel like I still can't talk about some of it. But what these kids went through, they don't know, but I know. And what's attached to them, you're creating tiny individuals who are set up to rely on a system just like yeah. correctionals service of canada or, or just like corrections right well and it, it seems to me and in, in, in your experience they documented all of these terrible things that that these challenges that you went through 15 years ago however many years ago well and previous right and previous all of these things but then as soon as <laughs> as soon as you stopped needing access to whatever these services are they just absolutely closed the file and they just assumed you continued to be that person that you were exactly and and this is now what's happening to your grandbabies these yeah so tell me about what was that like what kind of personal toll did that take on you i think and and i i said this at work a lot uh, the hardest part of all of it was I used to work for the ministry. Let's not forget that. Mm -hmm. I used to do respite and I used to work for corrections and policing for uh, youth in open custody. Um, and I used to work day programs and summer programs. So the workers that I worked with who then seen me spiral down, who mm -hmm. apprehended my kids, are now the workers that I have to work with again, who are supervisors who have made their way to the top uh -huh. in the 15 years. And I was like, so you saw them in this, in the situation that you were in, in the situation. So you go back to 19, man, go back a long time, go back a long time, go back a long time. And, and these people who are child protection workers are now supervisors 20 years later. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're still involved in your life and they still see you from the moment that they apprehended the one child from you. I was like, why do you believe that people can't change? Like, why? Because we stop collecting data on them as soon as they do. You have this <laughs> mindset that people can't change. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now that people do. So they came at me with the gang questions and who's gang related still in your life. And I was like, does it, it, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I am not fully engulfed in that lifestyle doing those things anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're capable of keeping these children and apart I'm cap from that. Yeah. Capable of it. Yeah. Right. So what does it matter? Okay. Yeah. Here's who I was down with. And they, they asked these things and I was like, like so intrusive. And I, so then my humor, yeah, which offends people, yeah. <laughs> do you want a strip search? Yeah. Right. Like how, how much more deeper do we need to go? Yeah. So I have a worker, the kids have a worker, my daughter has a worker and then there's workers like everywhere cause people pass stuff off and it's like, holy fuck. Yeah. So I had to start including people in my emails and have the paper trail, like CSC. Okay. Paper trail of absolutely everything. So then to the, to the children's worker, you have to provide a monthly schedule and get it approved. So everything in their schedule was through my supports, uh, through elders, through people that CSC approved to support me. And it would come back denied. And I'm like, what? 
So a schedule, when you say a schedule, you mean like go to school, after curriculars, uh, ceremony, uh, weekends. Who are they going uh, with? Who, who was there? Who's who's going to be there? Where are they sleeping? You have to, every intimate detail of their lives, you have to provide. Yeah. And the workers say yes, or they say no. And And when they say no, there's no reason behind it. They don't have to give you a reason. They don't have to. Do they tell you have like my what? supervisor said no? Oh, okay. Well, what do I change to make this happen? Can't. Fifty nine days. I had those kids. They've been apprehended for six years from their mom. Mm -hmm. Mom has no connection with them. Hasn't built a relationship with them. Nothing. After fifty nine days, the worker they phoned my daughter, and they said we're ready to give you their your kids back. Had she been involved in any way in any anything? Video calls like. FaceTime every day, like, but no actual physical relationship building. They didn't bring her out here to reunite with her kids. They didn't bring the kids there. Like, did I could have brought them. Did they go into her life like they went into your life? No. So what happened? What? So then I was like, this is wrong. And so then that's where, that's where the real fight started. You didn't want that selfishly i didn't want it but also it wasn't right i was like she hasn't had her kids for six years okay yeah and after 59 days you're gonna say oh yeah you're six years and 59 days yeah we're willing to give them back to you and i was like okay wait a minute so then i started phoning everywhere and i started emailing everywhere and i was like this isn't fucking right this isn't right yeah they have no relationship they don't know her they know her, but they don't know her. And has she done anything to qualify to be well, so ready for that? So that's that's the thing, right? So they do an interprovincial transfer where Saskatchewan gets a hold of BC. Nobody communicates back and forth. They don't talk. So the workers in BC looked at Chelsea and they said, you're going to have to have a bigger place because she has a one-bedroom apartment. You're going to have to go to addictions counseling you're gonna to have to go to anger management you're gonna to have to provide screens and you're gonna to have to start taking parenting classes had she been in recovery previous to this or did they just come busting in and say these all the, these are all the things you need to do right now this is what you're gonna be expected to do she's already in recovery or not yet not yet well a little bit okay okay she's like okay i'm willing to do that she's like i'll give you a screen right now like what are the steps She's asking, where do I go? How do we do this? Gets involved in parenting classes. Takes her first parenting class. Um, nobody's communicating between Saskatchewan and BC. Nobody's showing up over there to help her. And nobody's communicating over here. So then we get another phone call. Okay, can you, um, how are we going to get them there? I was like, isn't this your job? I was going to say, like, what is your job like, what, what <laughs> in the, all of this? What the fuck do you really do here? Right? Yeah. Like, I drove to pick them up. I drove home with them. She's like, can you book her a flight to come here? Who said that? The worker okay. from Regina. Okay. Uh -huh. So I was like, pardon me? Like, don't you have people for that? I know you have people for that. I used to work there. I was like, yeah, I'll book her a flight. So the excitement that my daughter had when they said, we're going to give you your kids back. Of course, you're going to get that. 
you're going to feel that excitement. You're going to feel, oh, I did it. Da, 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 da. But they also fear. Also, also fear. Anxiety. And, also... Like absolutely everything. Yeah. So we challenged it. We challenged it. And then I challenged it. And then I had people behind me telling me how to challenge it, right? Because mm -hmm. then they broke out the policies and this and that. I was like, it's my understanding. This is how it's supposed to happen. Like, where's the reunification process? Why didn't you bring her here to build a relationship with their kids? Because the fallout of everything happened when they left and they went there. Because they don't know this person. Yeah. So, okay, you have five people living in a one-bedroom apartment. But for me to take them, they needed their own bedroom, their own bed, their own dresser, their own smoke detector, like all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, a paper trail of what they're supposed to provide mm -hmm. for the transition. Absolutely nothing was given to them. Mm -hmm. so, so I challenged all of this stuff and, and I kept challenging it. And then I remember the day she came back at me with a, with a policy email and I was like, oh, oh, I don't speak this language. Mm -hmm. So I copy and pasted it and I sent it to my two ministry angels and they're like, okay, hang on, hang on, give us a day, <laughs> give us a day. <laughs> we don't even know what this is going on here. <laughs> so they, so by morning I woke up and they're like, here's your response. So I copy and pasted it and I sent it back. Uh -huh. First email I hadn't written myself because I don't know the policies or, or how it works. Mm -hmm. But all I'm fighting for is for my daughter to be wrapped in services that I have to continue on my healing journey, yep. that I had those kids wrapped in here, but I had to remove them from it. So they had no ability or opportunity to start because when their start dates were approaching because everything's hurry up and wait, the ministry's like, no, we're taking, we're giving them back. Okay, well, you're not giving them back until they have this, this, and this. And they're like, nope. We've decided. I said, so you've decided you set my family up to fail. Yeah. You're not offering us with supports. You don't want to do A, B, C, and D. You're not holding anybody accountable to their recovery. I was like, so the kids are going to be back in your care faster than, than not. So let's take a, a quick break here. Um, you were objecting to this decision that they were making. And because of all of the shortcomings that were being displayed, was a your daughter also on board with what you were saying she said mom she said do you want to know what's going to happen next hmm. after i got the kids she goes they're going to give it they're going to give them back to me and they're going to be like it's your fucking problem now mm -hmm. and that's exactly what happened mm -hmm. so she fought for certain things uh her emails connected to my phone also because i'm kid i advocated for her and when the struggle came is when she started fighting for more stuff. Like, but at the end, she said, I give up hope. She's like, they're not going to help me. I was like, I will keep fighting for all of you. Because she is just learning how to ask for help. So the huge steps that she's made in this process in the past, since May, are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So I fought... To have the file open for one year once they're in her care mm -hmm. they oh. wanted to close it yeah mm -hmm. i think it was six weeks ago 
I think that when I made her, well, I don't know if it was me, but um, we got an email and it said, did you receive your first child tax benefit? We would like to close the file. And I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> what did I just read? <laughs> yeah. What, what just happened? Yeah. What did you just type? Keeping in mind that all of these people are included in the email thread. Mm hmm. So I responded to that one and it, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. It was so intense and Chelsea phoned me. She goes, can you just shut the fuck up for once? She's like, enough with your emails. I was like, no, I was like, I know you want me to stay silent and do nothing, but that's not the right way to go about this. Yeah. And she's like, okay, okay. And, and you knew that because of your, I would say maybe mentorship. So or... I think I knew that because of prison. Okay. How long were you in prison? Advocate, well, over the years, like, like I was doing life on the installment plan. So I can't count how many times I've been there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I was, I've been out for five years. No, no, I haven't been out for five years. I've been clean for five years. But I probably did 10 years of my life inside behind the walls. Yeah. Right? Um, so I learned how to advocate and sometimes not in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I didn't get pay raises in, in prison because of my mouth and my communication style, but that's okay. I didn't need the pay raise. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I learned how to keep advocating in this way. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just let me do this. And she's like, okay. So then we responded with, with that email that my angels wrote for me, copy and pasted it. And then she came back with this response, which was like, I appreciate your email. Da, 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 da. And so then I fired off and I fired off with my language. Mm. I didn't sugarcoat anything. I fired off and I got a response. And so Chel Chelsea's reading them and uh, I got a response and it said, I just gave my two, I just gave, I, I'm I like I gave my notice. I resigned. I just handed in my notice. Where did you get this email from? From, from the ministry in Regina. From the worker that has been working on this case with you since the apprehension? Yeah. So it was Chelsea's worker. Okay. So, but Chelsea had many people advocating for her. And, I, and so I was like, pardon me? Did you send that just in an email by itself? Like you just quit your job? So you got to think that there's people in this thread who are reading this yeah. that she CC'd back to. So Jenny's messaging me and other people are messaging me and Chelsea's like laughing. And I was like, she just fucking quit. She just quit her job. So I emailed her and I was like, was it something I said? Uh-huh. Again? Did she respond? She responded without including anybody. And this is where I had to humble myself. <clears throat> and she's like, I've tried my, I've tried the best I could. And then I was like, wait a minute. I have no idea what it's like to be in her position as a like apprehension worker. Right. I can't imagine. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and she's young and I can get aggressive. Yeah. And I was like, listen. None of these emails are a personal attack at you. And I won't say her name, 
a lot of people know her name, but I was like, you've done the best you could, but this isn't how the ministry is supposed to work. I was like, you're setting families up to fail. I was like, I hope you don't take anything in any of this personal mm -hmm. and good on you for leaving because who wants to be a part of this fucked up broken system mm -hmm. right so she left i've never heard from anybody again no clue so then you messaged me and when you messaged me to come on friday that morning i was like i, I should email the ministry and you're like can we talk about the ministry and i was like okay it's supposed to be it's it's supposed it's meant to happen right but um so i got a hold of my daughter and i was like has any has have they closed the file has there been any movement and she goes they left my file open not as a child protection file but they left it open as a prevention file mm. and i was like what and now what is a prevention file so everything i fought for like if you ever want some comic relief, I'll send you the emails. I sent to the ministry because it, it they're I read them now. I was like, man, these are works of art. Well, some of them, yeah. like Stan's, like because Stan was in some of them, and he's like, who wrote this? Yeah. I was like, I did. He's like, you've come a long way. <laughs> but um, I was like, are you serious? She goes, yeah. I was like, okay, explain to me what they're doing. So they come out and they do home checks out there and good. and right good everything that I we've advocated for ended up they left it open so instead of a protection file where there is reason to believe that the children are in danger they have a prevention file so it doesn't get to that point it was the hardest thing I ever did mm -hmm. these two children I never gave birth to who I've built a relationship with who come on the weekends and it's hard as fuck on the weekends are now they've done a hostile takeover on my home i was like these motherfuckers have done a hostile takeover and they're like just you know like the ministry did this the kids or the kids did the this kids, yeah right? like, i mean all kids do that though these kids aren't but special. you have to keep in mind i've never raised my kids right yeah i raised my kids in a negative lifestyle where i didn't give a fuck and i was too high to care yeah so my mom like, if you ask my kids, they got everything they know from their grandparents. Yeah. Not from me. They're getting it from me now. Yeah. So they come in my life and they do a hostile takeover. And you have to remember, I have a partner yeah. and that's it. Yeah. And the freedom to do whatever I want. Yeah. And go to bed at 730 at night if I want. Yeah. And everything's changed. Yeah. And they're picky as fuck. And they don't care about your feelings. <laughs> they don't care. At all. Ever, Even right? less than you care about my feelings. <laughs> they don't care. So I had to learn how to speak their language. I had to learn how yeah. to advocate for them. I had to learn about, you know, low spectrum autism and how to get diagnosis and ADHD and what kind of supports do they need. Mm -hmm. And that was all on your own. All on my own. Yeah. And then they're uplifted and i was like man you you have to continue with this yeah so then i just um she had no problem telling these people in bc if you need to talk to my mom please talk to my mom 
I don't know my kids. My kids don't know me. My supports know my children better than I do. Yeah. And at that moment, because that was on a video conference, that hurt. Like that, that hit. So then her supports were like, do you think she has a resentment? Because I have a better relationship with her kids. And I was like, no. I was like, I know that she totally appreciates it, but she can't find the words yet. Because you got to remember the guilt, the shame, the pain, the trauma. Now here's three kids in your home. Mm -hmm. And you already don't know how to talk about it. And you don't know, right? Yeah. It's the most broken, traumatic, gross. And, and I always thought that about CSC, right? Yeah. System that I've ever, well, and I'm still um, been through. Yeah. And man, I, I, it's still, I don't know. I still need to, I think I still need to heal from what we've been through. Yeah. And it showed me still what I need to heal yeah. from. Yeah. But I don't think they plot on you. I think they just, the good ones leave. Yeah. Did you like when that one left, were you like, we should be homies? Well, I'm going to find her on Facebook now and say, what's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but I think you become a social worker because you want to make change. Yeah. You get a job at the ministry. Because you want to help. Because you want to help. Yeah. And there's so many jobs offered at the ministry here because I call it recidivism, right? You know, the revolving door. Because they can't keep the workers because it takes a fucking hard person to do that work. Yeah. Like, and I mean hard here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not allowed to be compassionate. You're not allowed to give a fuck. You're not allowed to challenge them. Yeah. Because if you challenge... uh the supervisors upstairs your life suddenly gets harder it gets harder right yeah, yeah i mentioned harm reduction when you were talking about having supports behind the scenes now i think it's safe to uh to disclose that jenny works with mom stop the harm now mom stop the harm is known topically as a harm reduction organization that advocates for things like uh regulated supply Things like uh, supervised consumption sites, all of the things that have been loud in the mainstream media. Uh, now they're also advocating for people who are houseless. Yeah. So what on earth do does an organization that does harm reduction have to do with systems navigation? So um, Mom Stop the Harm became a huge support for me when I was released. Mm -hmm. I seen this group of women doing things and i needed support right mm -hmm. i had just gotten out mm -hmm. uh, so i reached out to them here's my story here's you know marie jenny uh willa kelly i've known some of them cheryl don't know them mm -hmm. but we had one thing in common and mm -hmm. it was their children had died from opiate addictions mm -hmm. and i was an opiate addict mm -hmm. um so I got really close with Jenny. Uh, that's that's a totally different story. And the support and love that she poured into me um, was something I needed because my mom passed away when I was in prison. Mm 
So there was this unwavering, unconditional love from Jenny. Mm -hmm. And I said, I need support because in everything I do, I don't want to pick up again. Mm. Because if I do, I will die. Because opiates my drug of choice. Mm -hmm. that, that's, my, that's my love. Mm -hmm. So when they got apprehended, the first person I messaged was Jenny. A lot of times, the first person I ever message is Jenny. Because mm -hmm. she's got my back tenfold. And the first thing she said is, are you sure? Are you sure what? Are you sure you can do this? Are you sure you're strong enough in your addiction? Are you sure you're not going to go back to the fentanyl? You're not going to go back to the morphine? You're not going to go back to the heroin? Are you sure? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not sure, but I have to. And she said, okay, I got your back. Mm -hmm. So everything Jenny did, and then I went to Regina for International Overdose Awareness Day. Mm -hmm. And I went and I sat at that table yeah. with these women, Kristen Manbridge, Kelly, Jenny, Cheryl, and we talked about what was going on in my life. And a huge part of it, what they taught me was there's a way to advocate in silence, mm -hmm. but still be loud. Mm -hmm. and, and I had that conversation with Cheryl and I was like, okay, because it doesn't matter what system you're navigating, this group of moms one of them in that group has been through it, mm -hmm. right? So if, if you look at the different backgrounds of, of the women, powerful women from Mom Stop the Harm, for myself, yeah, I know who I need to go to. If it's Jenny, if it's Willie, if it's, if it's Marie, if it's, if it's Krista, if it's Kelly, there's certain things. Mm -hmm. Because you can't have one person supporting you for everything in life, right? You need you need that support network. Yeah. So Mom Stop the Harm is a powerful team of system navigators for everything. Well, if you want to talk about a powerful team now, Mom Stop the Harm. Do you know Tyler Savard? Nope. So um But they, I will soon. No. You, you will. <laughs> I, I will message her. Yeah. Um so Mom Stop the Harm has been a sponsor of this platform since very early on. And they have got behind us. If you look at this room, and there's a reason I put this on the screen right now, they have had a meaningful part of all of this. And I'm talking financially, I'm talking relationally. Um, Marie is always, you know, she, she, she texts me once in a while, make sure the wheels are on the tracks, how you doing? Um, and Tyla and, you know, and I can reach out to, to Leslie and, and whoever, whoever. Yeah. And uh, the, a number of them have been on the show. Um, so mom stop the harm. You know, they're like, you can, you can advocate in quiet, but still be loud. Well, this is part of the loud part. Yeah. And they get behind it. Yeah. For real. So. I've never had a team. And I think that's what I was lacking before my last re my relapse was a team of powerful women mm -hmm. like mom stop the harm backing me. Mm -hmm. And just allowing me to be who I am. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Today. This was great. We should do it at least once a year, I think. Once a year. Once a year. Talk shit. Yeah. All right. Right? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, my friend. All right. If you got something out of today's episode, hit that like button at the bottom of the screen. If you're not yet subscribed to Hard Knocks Talks, 
please hit that subscribe button, hit that bell. We go live every Friday morning, every Sunday evening, right here on YouTube. We got lots of content for you to catch up on. That's it for us today. Thanks so much. Take care, everyone. Say, this is Hard Knocks Talks. <laughs>